This is Plant-Based Briefing. Is there slavery in your seafood? By James O'Donovan at vegansustainability.com. And I'm Marian Erickson, and this is the Curated Content Plant-Based Podcast, where I get permission from vegan, plant-based, environmental organizations to narrate their content here to provide you with a variety of information on plant-based, compassionate, and sustainable living. And today's article is from vegansustainability.com. It's a free online quarterly magazine based in Ireland, but it's for vegans and non-vegans worldwide who are interested in the environment and sustainability. So now let's get to today's plant-based briefing. Is There Slavery in Your Seafood? by James O'Donovan at vegansustainability.com. According to the International Labor Organization, in 2016 there were an estimated 40.3 million people in modern slavery, including 24.9 million in forced labor and 15.4 million in forced marriage. Of these, an estimated 2.74 million, or 11%, were in the agriculture and fishing sectors. The UK Guardian tells the story of one victim tricked into slavery in the Thai fishing industry. Quote, in 2006, a young Cambodian sculptor, Vanek Prum, left his village to look for laboring work. He needed to earn enough money to pay for his wife Sokun's impending hospital stay to give birth to their first child. He intended to be away for two months. He would not see his wife again for five years. After a middleman on the Thai-Cambodian border promised he could earn a lot of money drying fish, Prum was sold into slave labor, sent to sea on a fishing trawler. He was forced to work around the clock and through storms, allowed a maximum of two hours sleep by day and two hours at night. Prum writes about and explicitly draws these horrific experiences in his new graphic memoir of modern slavery, The Dead Eye and the Deep Blue Sea. The story includes his experience of jumping ship to attempt to swim to his escape, only to be sold by his quote-unquote rescuers into slavery on a palm oil plantation on the Malaysian coast. His return home to his wife and the daughter born in his absence was eventually secured by Le Cadeau, a Cambodian human rights organization, in 2011. The Freedom Fund website highlights research conducted by the Rax Thai Foundation that shows that up to 200,000 migrants working on fishing vessels are prone to exploitation and even more are susceptible to unethical labor practices in the seafood processing sector. According to the UN, more than 130,000 migrant workers from Myanmar are victims of forced labor in Samut Sakhon, Thailand's leading seafood processing region. Trafficking in the European Fishing Industry The UK Guardian has also highlighted human trafficking in the European fishing industry in a series of articles including cases in the UK and Ireland where the numbers of people being exploited is estimated to be in the hundreds, which is an outrageous human rights violation. The U.S. State Department's Office to Monitor and Combat Trafficking publishes an annual Trafficking in Persons report, which ranks countries on their handling of human trafficking. The 2020 report continues since 2018 to downgrade Ireland to Tier 2 because the country does not meet the minimum standards for the elimination of trafficking. There has been a growing recognition of the risks of labor exploitation, forced labor, and human trafficking faced by migrant workers in the fishing industry in recent years. Academic and policy studies in countries worldwide from New Zealand, Stringer et al. 2015, to Scotland, Jones et al. 2020, 
have pointed to widespread and systemic poor labor practices in fishing. In some cases, these practices amount to forced labor and trafficking for the purposes of labor exploitation. An October 2021 report conducted by Maynooth University's Department of Law explores the experiences of migrants in the Irish fishing industry and the exploitative conditions they are working in. The study has in-depth interviews with 24 male migrant workers in the Irish fishing industry, some of whom are undocumented. More than two-thirds said they could work up to 20 hours a day, with allegations of wages being withheld, being forced to live on the boat without enough food, and working under threat of dismissal and deportation from Ireland. More than half of the participants interviewed said that they had been subjected to verbal and racial abuse. Conclusion In the UK, a recently concluded review of the Modern Slavery Act 2015 made recommendations to strengthen transparency in the supply chain, while in Australia, the Modern Slavery Act that came into effect this year compels companies turning over more than 100 million per annum to report on their supply chains. These efforts seem completely inadequate to address this tragedy. It seems that often industries that inflict violence on other species have problems exploiting their human workforce as well. It seems an easy choice to adopt a plant-based diet and at least keep slavery off your plate. As long as we are willing to exploit other species, I expect that we will continue to exploit humans also. You just listened to Is There Slavery in Your Seafood? by James O'Donovan at vegansustainability.com. And I'm Marian Erickson, and this is Plant-Based Briefing. My first exposure to slavery and seafood was when I watched the documentary Seaspiracy that came out last year. It covers all kinds of aspects of the fishing industry, and I was blown away and shocked by the segment on slavery. I highly recommend Seaspiracy. You can watch it on Netflix, and you can get more information at seaspiracy.org. And if you're interested in more information from James O'Donovan, he was on the Hope for the Animals podcast, episode 35, talking about regenerative agriculture, subsidies, and a climate-stable future. It was a great episode. I highly recommend that, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. So please share this episode with anyone who might benefit, and thanks for listening.